Hey everyone, welcome back to On Point. This episode is actually a collaborative episode with a newer podcast called the E-Hunter Podcast. It's kind of a news uh, source for outdoorsmen and outdoors uh, news related stuff. So uh, this episode, I was actually being interviewed by Taryn, their host, about the 2020 bow lineups. And man, I had a great time talking just almost, not that I could shut my brain off, but just being able to just pretty much just cruise control, talk about bows, have a great time, just give lots of information, not have to get into the nitty gritty details and, and just kind of give an overhead look at what this year's lineups had to offer and, and how they contrasted versus each other in, in previous models. And I just had a blast talking about this. I wish I got asked to do these kind of topics more often. But um, so, yeah, this this was a great podcast. I had a great time. Hopefully you guys can check out the eHunter podcast. And I'll put a link in the bio for those that want to check it out. And I just appreciate the opportunity. And I just wanted to share it with you guys on this podcast because I have not been able to do the bow lineups podcast for on point this year like i did with um chris and austin like i did last year just because of all the covid and crap so uh this will be the 2020 bow lineups episode for our podcast this year and i hope you guys enjoy stick around at the end and i will see you guys then garrett how are you man i'm great how are you taryn i'm doing fantastic appreciate you joining me today i'm stoked for this podcast dude I, I like we we're talking saying before we started pushing the record button i'm like man it's just nice to be able to talk bows and not have to get into the tuning and just like like you said like thirty thousand foot view at them and just just talk it's going to be a fun I, i'm i'm excited I'm, I'm ready to go so well and this is such good timing too because i swear everybody right now is they're they're buying bows and getting their equipment ready for the hunts everybody pretty much knows what they have for this this upcoming summer and fall for hunts and so everybody's want to get new bows, want to get their bows tuned. And so, man, this is perfect timing. But what I'd like to do, Garrett, is, is just start off, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us a quick, yeah, exactly, 30,000-foot overview uh, of some of the bows you shoot. We talked about it a little bit before we got on this on this call, of like, like your big four. If you wouldn't mind just kind of running us through the, those big four, kind of talk about, um, you know, about the new bows, what makes them special, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so um, since well, I guess we'll just start with Matthews since since you're a Matthews guy, and I've I probably out of all the manufacturers, I probably pissed off the Matthews guys the most, and so uh, <laughs> and that's because I don't hold punches, man. I, I'm joking around when I say a lot of these things, and so um, I, I like Matthews. They've came out with some great bows, starting with the Halon Six, which is probably the bow that made me the shooter that I am today, where. It just made shooting really fun again. I came from shooting in X Force for like six years, um, or however long, you, I don't know how many years I had. I had it for a long time. Um, I had a tree stand edition, and then I had the regular X Force edition. And from going from that to a Halon was like a huge jump in accuracy. It was way more shootable, way more fun to shoot. Um, I did some really cool things with that bow, and it, you know, I. I just really became, you know, much better archer because of that bow, because I just, you know, I, the year I bought that Halon, I bought, or I I launched about, um, I was, I'm, I'm kind of guy that would actually keep track of it. So I had (laughs) charts and stuff. I shot, uh, before August, I was at 18,000 arrows, um, from January 20, like fourth, I think it was to basically to the beginning of hunting, hunting season, I was approaching 20,000 arrows. So, um, yeah. And all that, um, up until about a month before hunting season was on the factory string, which impressed the hell out of me they were using zebra strings um and yeah so fantastic platform to build off of and why i bring up the halon six is because they've been kind of riding that halon six for a few years so you you know you kind of had the 
the grid pattern with the you know the Z7s and the Creeds and all that stuff, the grid pattern risers. Well, now they've just been riding the Halon kind of style riser. And, you know, they had the Halon and then they had, I called it the mini Halon. Pissed a lot of Matthews guys off. It's not a mini <laughs> Halon. I'm like, yes, it is. And Basically then, is. yeah, you know, and, and they flirted with every ATA. Uh, I think the original Halon was like 31. And then they went to 32, and then they went below, and then now they're the 28 and 31 and a half, and then the Traverse was like 32, I think. Mm -hmm. And so they've pretty much done everything they can do with that platform. And so now we're here with the VXR 28 <laughs> and the VXR <laughs> 31 and a half. So, um, so what you're getting with that bow is, is you're getting the same cams, you, you know, the cross-centric cam system. And then what some differences this year, though, is, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, when you start running out of, of performance that you can put into a bow, you start adding flashy kind of gadgets or a little bit of changes or something like that. And I don't mean to be demeaning when I bring up something like the switch weight um, or the SES, the silent connect system. But mm -hmm. these aren't things that really, um, you know, the, the switch weight, you guys, you can be, that's a performance changer. But the SES system... Not really. Uh, the bridged riser they went with this year, I do like that because bridge, bridge, bridged risers are known to be more stable and more shootable. Uh, but you're having the same cams for quite a few years now. They did add the switch weight technology, which makes it allowable to change weights in five-pound increments without having to touch an Allen wrench um, on the limb bolts. So um, that's really cool. You don't have to swap cams or anything like that or limbs, really. Um, you can get everything out of one basically module and if you have a different switch weight you can switch it out with just with just an allen wrench pretty much so um i do like what they did there but um you know they've they've been really dead in the hand they've been really quiet they've been fast um and i just don't feel like the other bows really have been pushing them that much to really change the game that much um i think they've kind of been on cruise control for the last couple years and i say that because they they were ahead with the halon i mean they really that year was that was an awesome bow, and uh, and you know some Matthew guys are probably getting mad at me here, but I think we're going to see Matthew switch it up this year. They've got to. They've they've ridden that platform long enough that it's it's time to push themselves into a corner and come out with something new. And um, I don't think they ever will because they're an Eastern bow company. Uh, but I'd love to see a carbon bow come from yes. Matthews. Uh, me mm -hmm. personally, uh, you know, they could sell that thing for sixteen to eighteen hundred bucks, um, and I think they would kill it. But most of their guys are hunting out of tree stands. Most of their guys are hunting out of blinds where they're des where they're de designing and developing these things. And I just don't know if they really care about you know the guy packing you know around a bow for eight miles. So um, that's why I think you're seeing you know bows approaching five pounds in weight from Matthews. So, um, that's just my opinion. I mean, a lot of this uh, disclaimer, uh, a lot of this is, is opinion based guys. Um, and that's why I do speed tests and I go over the, the, the specs here cause that's all factual. But, um, most of what I'm saying here is opinion based. And if you don't agree with it in, in the VXR 31, like Taryn 31 and a half is your bow. That's your bow, man. I mean, yeah. I, that's, that's totally cool. But, um, you know, for eleven hundred ninety nine bucks, it's a great value. It's on par, unfortunately, with all the other bow prices nowadays. They're getting up there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and, and the twenty eight's a hundred bucks cheaper. So, yeah. um, with a six inch brace height, that's been pretty standard. Um, with with the rest of the models they've come out with, eighty to eighty five percent let off. Um, they're flirting around four and a half pounds. Uh, the, you know, the twenty eight's at four point four four, and and uh, you're almost a quarter pound heavier with the thirty one and a half. So. 
um, you're getting a pretty darn heavy bow, but unfortunately also, um, I shouldn't say unfortunately, you know, heavier bows are inherently more uh, stable. Um, but man, I like being able, to, being able to put that weight where I want it, not being forced to just carry it around, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but that's, that's just my opinion. So what, what made you go with the 31 and a half? You know, when I went to the shop and shot both of the, the 28 and the 31 and a half, I, I just felt like I was a bit more stable with that. And, and you know what, to your point, so when I went, I shot every bow. I shot the, the Hoyt, I shot the Elite, I shot all these other bows. I love the Hoyt for one reason. This may be a good se- segue into going to talk about Hoyt, but mm-hmm. it was so light. I loved how light that RX-4 was compared to the Matthews. But but when I started shooting it, and I, and I shot, I didn't shoot as many arrows of you, as you shot, I'm sure, through them, but um, as I started shooting through them, that uh, the Matthews, the 31 and a half, just felt so stable to me, mm-hmm. like you said, dead in the hand, and, and so much smoother to me. And I know it shouldn't feel any smoother than the 28. It, I mean, they're basically sitting on the same platform, um, but it did. It felt very mm-hmm. smooth, very fast, very, you know, I just, just everything that I really wanted. And I think a bow kind of speaks to a person when they shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, and that one really did. As soon as I, I shot, I was like, yeah, that. That's it. That's that's my baby, yep. right there. Yeah, and you know that's that's ultimately you know I could give all the reviews and in in the end of all the videos uh, that I do on YouTube, I always tell you to go shoot the bow. You know, like yeah. you need to go yep. shoot this thing for yourself and tell me whether I'm wrong or not, or you know make up your own mind. Shoot what's best for you and and you know kudos for you to, for shooting all the bows. I've been in the archery shops too many times. And it's not a slight against Cameron Haynes, but, you know, he was shooting the turbos for a while. And I watched a guy go in there, said, I want to shoot the bow the Cameron Haynes is shooting. I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's kind of cool. You know, like he's getting into bow hunting and Cameron Haynes obviously is is an influence on him. And so I yeah. watched out of the corner of my eye. And this is back, well, I think, when the Defiant turbos were out or something like that. But um, a very unshootable <laughs> bow, in my opinion, and uh, especially for a new guy. <laughs> and he pulls back the bow, and that bow is just trying to yank him off the back wall. You can see it's just going, eh, 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 and it just keeps pulling mm-hmm. him off the back wall, and he keeps catching it. and. And finally manages to get the arrow to get off the shelf and, and, and shoots it and and uh, just says, looks back, and I love this bow. I'm like, good God. <laughs> good, <laughs> good God, buddy. You have no idea what you you're no looking idea. for. Didn't shoot any other bows. Didn't do nothing. And, you oh, know, I, I, I get it, red team, blue team, you know, but at the same time, you got to shoot what's best for you. And and this year, um, you know, I, I went with the first year they, they had the Hoyt uh, – RX series come out. I bought it and it was despite everything I preach about, you know, like accuracy first. What are you the most accurate with? What can you be repeatable? What do you like the most? I wasn't the most accurate with that bow. I just wanted a carbon bow and yeah. I'd never owned one before and I wanted it. And, um, you know, they look cool and, and, um, and so and Cameron Haynes shoots it. Yeah. Man, Cameron <laughs> Haynes was shooting it that year. And, uh, so, you know, I shot that bow and, you know, killed a few animals with it and, and, never really made an amazing shot with it. You know, all my shots were kill shots and, and I think they were all, you know, in the lungs, but they were never like shooting behind the pen. You know, it was never super accurate to me for me anyways. And, and, um, and so I, you know, I went back to my, you know, let's, let's shoot what's best for us. And then, um, you know, just kind of made that point. I just want to make that point here, um, that with, with the Hoyts, I've been extremely critical of the Hoyts for the last since, well, since they came out with the RX series, 
the Redworks series. And, and I think um, that was really pushing the limit of prices at that time because that was a $600 or $1,600 bow. That was about $600 um, more than the next bow down from it. So, you're, you know, you're seeing, I suck at math here, so if I'm wrong, about a 60% increase in, in, in cost. But in my head, I'm like, okay, are you seeing a 60% increase in performance? Is there a 60% increase in value there? And straight up, there, there just wasn't. Not, I don't know anybody that's bought a Redworks series bow that would that could tell you straight face that there's 60% better than any of the aluminum, aluminum series bows that they have. And so um, if you want to get into the end of the Hoyts here, um, you know, Matthew or uh, PSE's got um, uh, carbon bows as well, and, and we can start comparing those. But, um, you know, stop me if you, if you want to make a point or have any questions in here. But... Um, no, I think let's do that. Let's jump into the the Hoyt the RX4. What you know, the details of it. Um, what makes it special? Like I said, the thing that made it special to me was just well, one, it's a carbon bow. It looks cool. It's what mm-hmm. Cameron Haynes shoots. I I get all that, and that that is cool. Don't get me wrong, but the thing that was for me, it was it was just so freaking light i loved how light that thing was but right. yeah let's jump into the specs of it the details of it so yeah so if you're looking at like the the alpha and the ultra um right, can you still hear me there okay yeah okay my screen yeah, gotcha. black so if you're looking at the oh. alpha um you're at 29 and a half and pretty much the specs are pretty darn similar between these and the aluminum bows right it's just carbon's the only difference in really yeah. weight so um 29 and a half for the uh ATA for the Alpha, 34 for the Ultra, and then the turbos are 31. Um, the brace heights for the Alpha are six and one eighths, which is a pretty healthy, pretty happy medium. Um, that's that's right in there uh, for a lot of where the bows are at today. The Ultra expectedly should be longer. It's at six and three quarters, and the turbos at five and seven eighths, which is short. You're getting wow. to the point where my Evoke 31 is right now, and when I don't shoot a lot and then I go back out and hit the range, I might hit my arm because my form isn't where it should be. It, it, mm-hmm. it just, it, and we can get into this here, but you know, shorter axle to axle bows. I don't know if you want me to break that down and stuff. Yeah, let's but, do it. Yeah. I think that'd be great information for people. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Matthews have six and like I said, that's right there in the money with where a lot of bow manufacturers kind of want to be. It's good for speed. It's good for not hitting your forearm. It's kind of right in the middle. Um, if I'm a newer shooter, I would probably want to stick with at least bottom, bottom minimum, a six inch, uh, brace height, and then try and get closer to seven. So if I'm, if I'm shooting an ultra, I'm giving myself a lot more forgiving bow. Um, it's a lot more stable on the shot. What I mean by stable, it's a longer bow. Um, it's 34 inches axle to axle versus a 29 and a half inch axle to axle. And if you're a new guy, I probably wouldn't even look at the turbo. You can shoot it and, and see if you like it, you know, do your own thing. But I personally wouldn't, wouldn't go that route. Um, but you know, inherently it's going to allow the shooter to make more mistakes, uh, a shorter brace height will, and you're going to get a more speed out of a shorter brace height, but you're going to get more forgiving out of a longer. And that's basically, um, the differences there, 30,000 foot view differences. Well, well, a new shooter is going to want more of that forgiveness rather than the speed. I mean, you, you can make up the, for the speed with accuracy. If you can be accurate with it, the, the forgiveness is what they need. Yeah. And, and for guys that are hunting extremely cold, I think I take this in consideration as well for guys that are hunting extreme temperatures and they're having a big puffy jacket and then they snag their sleeve on the way to shooting a deer when they mm-hmm. release that arrow, that's a factor. And that happens every year. And a lot of guys, I mean, I'm kind of a dork. I'll be out on, on a hot day if I haven't done it yet. And I have a cold weather hunt coming up. 
Um, I'm going to wear what I'm wearing for that hunt just to make sure that my bino harness isn't catching on anything. My sleeves aren't catching on anything. My hood isn't catching on anything. Is there going to be any complications before that hunt comes around? Can I get rid of any of these errors now before I hit the woods? And I don't think guys really think about that. I have friends that shoot a quarter or a, a, they'll either shorten their D loop up or they'll shorten the draw up, uh, draw length up just slightly if they're hunting a cold weather because they know that there's going to be a bigger area around their forearm that's going to catch on a string. So when you start doing that with brace heights, that three six that extra three quarters of a brace height is going to help. I mean that that's yeah. definitely going to be a factor. So um, you know I, yeah. I would push guys towards you know the ultra. Um, it's a sweetheart of a bow. It's a turd for speed. Yeah, sure, but you know <laughs> we can get into that debate here. What is this? Too. What is the speed on that on the ultra? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, three thirty four, and that is ATA. Um, okay. Uh, so IBO would probably be about nine feet per second slower than that. So, um, or, or maybe eight feet per second slower than that. And a lot of bows. <laughs> I don't know if you want to get into that, but ATA and IBO are different. Um, right. Uh, IBO is a little bit um, slower. ATA is a little bit more accurate, um, in my opinion, if you look at the way they measure them. Um, but um, ATA is is I think they use it because it looks better or maybe, yeah. it, maybe it's cause it's more accurate. I don't know, but, um, I, I think it's cause it looks better. I, I've seen that peaking up a little bit more using the ATA cause it does mm-hmm. make it look like it's a little bit faster. And, and that's, you know, that's the sexy thing is to have a, a really fast bow. And so if you can make that look <laughs> a little bit faster, I think they're using that more. <laughs> well, if you look at PSC, they give you both and I'm like, dude, kudos yes. to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I love that. But, um, so yeah, they're using ATA. So you can basically take about eight feet per second off of any of those speeds. So, um, I would say probably quick math, 226, uh, for an ultra realistically. And it's funny cause everybody that watches the reviews is like, dude, your speeds are slow. I'm like, no, you know, you're going online and you're hopping on a calculator and you're not taking in consideration heavy arrows and it, they're, they're more efficient because the, you know, you're losing less energy out of the bow and, and guys really need to take a, a better look when they're, when they're making those assumptions here. Uh, not to get on a soapbox, but, um, no. you know, my, my speeds are often slower and on, on my videos and, and there's, there's a few reasons why. And if you, if you start scratching the surface, you'll see, Oh, I see he's shooting a 600 grain arrow and right. that, that arrow is actually faster than it should be according to my calculator, but is 400 grain arrows slower or 450 grain arrows slower. Um, and calculators don't take in consideration for that, um, for the most part, but, um, but you're, you're pretty upfront with that on your videos saying, you know, what, what grain of arrow you're shooting. And I've yeah. seen videos where you're shooting several different weights of, of arrows and showing what those different speeds are as well. Yeah. And, you know, and, and rests make a difference. Everybody wants to say, mm-hmm. you know, whisker biscuit, it's 10 feet per second. Dude, no, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, just get out of here with that. It's maybe two, maybe two. I've tested them and tested them, different arrows, different fletchings and, I will give you three feet per second and I am being nice. <laughs> really? See, I've always thought that same thing. I always thought that a whisker biscuit shaved off at least 10, but no man, case, it's, huh? I've shoot, I, I've shot plenty of bows side by side. I've, I've swapped rests with, with the bows and it's, it's pretty minimal. I mean, everybody wants to bash on a whisker biscuit, but, um, it's pretty minimal. And if you're getting 10 feet per second difference, check your tune. I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I, not from my experience and I've shot used ones, brand new ones, um, you know, compared them versus, um, dropaways versus limb driven. And I just, I just haven't seen it. And that's through different chronographs. I've tried getting rid of so many different variables. Um, 
three feet per second, maybe, maybe if you're, and that's being generous. I mean, usually it's, it's within a couple. So um, that makes, that makes me feel good because so my first ever bow, I'm going to, we're going to go down a rabbit hole yeah. here, but my first ever bow, I still have the bow. It's a Hoyt Tricon. Actually, I think you can respect this because I think mm-hmm. you did a budget bow with a Hoyt Tricon. Um, but I have a Whisker Biscuit on it, and I, I shot it through the chronograph and was really disappointed at how slow <laughs> it was. And I thought, maybe I need to change out that Whisker Biscuit to a drop away to get me a little bit more speed, but <laughs> maybe that's not going to do much. Uh, I, I personally, I mean, I, I think you're going to get get myself yeah, in trouble here. Three. You're probably going to get uh, better accuracy. And I don't think anybody can really argue with that statement. Um, I've gotten plenty just fine accuracy out of whisker biscuits with broadheads out to, you know, some guys are saying you can't shoot them past 40 yards, which is rubbish. Uh, oh, you can, yeah. you know, I've, I've shot broadheads with whisker biscuits out to a hundred. Um, and it, it, you know, is it easier? I'm not going to say it's easier, but um, I, I would prefer drop away any day, but um, right. you know, people like to, to, to crap on whisker biscuits and I just don't <laughs> think they've, They've done the testing, you know. I think it's just, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they're so simple and easy, and, and it's just silly and all that friction. I'm like, dude, you think veins make a huge difference for your speed too, and they really don't. Um, I've, right. I've done that testing as well, and I just, I just don't see it. You know, helical versus a straight fletch versus this. There's not a huge difference in 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 the speed reduction there. You I mean your shed velocity is pretty similar, mm-hmm. so. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the carbon bows over the, um, aluminum bows, you're only gaining, um, or you're only losing about four, um, you know, a half a pound max. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that the alpha at aluminum is 4.3 pounds and the, and then the carbon bow is 3.9. Um, I will, I will talk about the, the difference between that and the, uh, the three and a half pound Mach one. So if you're going carbon, there's, there's a few reasons why man, are they nice to hunt with in cold weather? And yes, if you're not wearing gloves, it does make a difference. I had to carry mine around in Idaho in the freezing freaking snow. And it was like, I was consciously like, man, my bow is not cold. That's nice. Like I've hunted with a, a you know, an aluminum bow my whole life. And the, that sucker would be freezing if you had to grab it. Well, that's, that's a nice benefit to a carbon bow. Performance yeah. wise, there's 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 not really anything there. You're just a little bit of rate, weight reduction, but you're paying an extra six hundred dollars to have a warmer bow when you grab it in the snow, <laughs> and to have a four tenths of a uh, you know less than half a pound weight reduction. Is that six hundred dollars really worth it? Um, yeah, it does no, look that, cooler. <laughs> it does look cooler, but that's exactly what ran through my head when I was sitting there looking at, at bows and exactly was that $600 worth that, you know, it, and it does, you can feel it when I was at, you know, when, when you're fully extended and you're, you know, got your pulled back on the boat, you can feel a little bit of the weight difference. But again, like you just said, is it worth that $600 mm-hmm. difference? Uh, probably not. No. And, and, you know, like, like I said before, you know, is it 60% better? <laughs> you know, are you getting yeah, your bang exactly. for your buck? And, and I just don't, I just don't see it, man. I really don't. And, and for guys that have that bow, you know, Hey, I bought it too. I'm maybe I'm bashing on myself. I'm not bashing on anybody, but I I've been there, done that, bought it. And, and I've got the hat to prove it. You know, <laughs> I, I've, I don't believe that they're worth the money. And I think that's why you're seeing Cameron Haynes going back to shooting the regular aluminum bows as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and for the guys that are Cameron Haynes, Cameron Haynes, hey, he's shooting an aluminum bow. So maybe you should make the switch. But um, <clears throat> outside of that, you know, you've got the turbo. It's at 350. Again, that's ATA. So you can back that down to probably about 341, 342, which is where a lot of the other bows are at. 
And so even for the turbos, I just don't see that there. And you're and, and the other bows are at a longer ATA to get those same speeds or pretty similar yeah. to those same speeds. So I think the biggest cost to value um, difference there is with the turbo uh, carbon bow because I just I really five and seven eighths ATA. And real, realistically, you're just over 340 IBO. You're still at four pounds. You're a 31 inch uh, ATA, which is kind of where I like. I like probably closer to 33, but um, I just, I just, man, that doesn't, that to me, that doesn't scream accuracy. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, you can, you can make your own decision there. Um, did you, do you have any questions over the Hoyt stuff or anything to add there? Did I miss anything? No, I, I think that's great. That that covers a lot of it. I've seen a lot of shooters go, you know, that are moving away from from Hoyt. Going well, I shouldn't even say moving away from Hoyt. Moving away from the the RX series. Like you said, Cameron Haynes is moving to back to aluminum bows. In fact, yeah. I think last year he shot the the Helix, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so you know, is that carbon? Is that warm bow? Whatever you know, that cool look. Is it really worth it? But like you just mentioned, it it really comes down to accuracy. Whatever you get the most accuracy out of yeah and so I, I will say the highlight the highlight to hoyt is draw draw cycle man uh, probably some of the best draw cycles in the world and when we compare that to like the matthews that we've already talked about it's a nicer draw cycle it is easier to pull throughout it's not as stiff and what i mean by that is basically it just feels like you're pulling less weight when you're really pulling the same amount so a hoyt at 70 pounds to me pulls like a 66 pound bow, 67 pound bow. And then a Matthews at 70 pounds feels like 72. So yes, it does. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's in, in, in the grips, man, the grips are Hoyt's always have my favorite grips for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, Matthews has got those kind of flat back kind of style grips and they say that adds to accuracy, but the Hoyts are the so comfortable that like, that's it to me. That's a selling point. It's the biggest thing I miss about the Hoy because that's what I have <laughs> shot in the past is Hoy, and this is my first year going to Matthews. And that honestly, that it's silly to even say it, but mm-hmm. that was the thing that I missed the most was that Hoy grip. That it, it is so comfortable. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think, like I said, they've had the, some of the best grips for 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 a long Years. time. Yeah, and just a Tricon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, they're they're a good bow, man. I mean, they they have a lot to offer. The the Hoyts at eighty pound, like the Ultra eighty pound, um, would be really a sweet shooting bow. And you gain quite a bit going to eighty pounds. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what quite the jump is there, but I have quite a few friends that if they buy one, they buy it at eighty pounder, and and they're they're a very good bow for for eighty pound bow. Um, probably feels like you're pulling seventy seven seventy five somewhere in there. Um, mm-hmm. You could probably, you know, get a few extra twists in a 70-pound bow and get it up to, like, 74. A lot of those bows come stock at 72 to 73. Um, but I, with a little bit of f- uh, funking around uh, with, with the bow, you could get that thing up to 75. Um, oh, nice. You know, so kind of happy of both worlds there. But um, out, yeah. outside of the Hoyt, man, that's really about it. I, I If you want more speed and more performance, the Matthews is yours, but you're going to pay for it with weight. And you're going to pay for it with a with a harder to draw cycle. Um, Hoyt's back wall sucks. I've said it for a long time. Um, well, for me, they suck. If you love a spongy back wall and you shoot with back tension, they're a great bow. I mean, they are a fantastic bow for back tension shooters. You're not shooting off the limbs. It's not a super hard back wall, and um, and, and it really allows you to shoot back tension better than, in my opinion, than a Matthews, which has got. It, which I like a solid back wall yes. and, and it just doesn't budge. And so uh, this year Hoyt did shore up their back walls a little bit. They are, they are 
better than they have been in the past. There is still a little bit of sponge there, but it's probably 50% better than, than last year's model. So um, that is something that I did like seeing them change. And um, that, yeah, that, that was a welcoming sight for me. That was a, that was a very, um, very nice thing to see through Hoyt this year is they short up the back wall a little bit, but not, not all the way. And that's probably kind of a happy medium right there. So um, if you pull really hard into the back wall and, and, and I don't know if you want me to get into this, but if you pull hard into the back wall on a spongy boat, you're not going to pull yourself off target as easy. It's going to be um, probably more accurate for you. But if you're one of these guys that just is back tension the whole way, you're just you're pulling, 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 and you're shooting a Matthews, you're going to pull yourself off. And, and you're going to just be basically fighting the bow because you're pulling too hard into the back wall. Mm-hmm. And I know you said you hadn't shot the, the elites this year, correct? Right, I haven't. I, I do know. Man. Um, <laughs> are, are they stiff like they have been? Oh, their back wall. That, that, out of all the bows I shot, that was the worst of the back walls. It was, mm. it just, it felt, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it was stiff, but I wish I was the tech guru and could, or the testing guru <laughs> that could put this into words because I know that you could put it into words very well, but man out of all of them that was the back that was my least favorite so when you get a chance you ought to go grab one of those elite bows and, and mm-hmm. shoot it and you'll probably think that the hoyt has the most amazing back wall after you shoot that, <laughs> man that i didn't know they was that spongy i will oh. tell you the thing i like about this year's uh elites is the quarter inch uh draw changes and i yes. think that was pretty slick i i was like kudos to you uh elite for doing that because that's pretty cool man um and there's a lot you know half inch is a lot how yeah, it is. Why have we been doing that for so many years? And and there's a reason guys play with D loop lengths and and mm-hmm. and wrist, um, you know, basically wrist mount lengths and and length of pull with their trigger releases or caliper releases and and it's because you know there's there's a lot of reasons, but you know, quarter inch draw um, length changes are pretty sweet, and I wouldn't mind seeing that on the rest of the bows. And I I suspect I, other guys will copy that. <laughs> what What do you think about the new? Not to get on elite because um, I know. You haven't shot that, but what do you think about that new uh, tuning system that they have? Have you seen what they're doing with those? I haven't. I'm not super familiar with it. So apparently you don't have to put it into a press to do any kind of tuning. It's all in the in the limb pockets. You can do all the tuning while you're out in the field if you have an Allen wrench with you. Oh, like think, it, yeah, I think that's it, fantastic. It sounds I like, do too. Uh, it sounds like Bowtech, but kind of Bowtech and Elite did the same thing this year. Oh, did Bowtech do that too? Well, they got the cam locks, and that's pretty much all you really would need to do, um, you know, to tune your bow. Is is the the cam locks are pretty sil- pretty slick. Um, yeah, I, I think they're fantastic. I think that's a great great addition um, from the reckoning um, kind of a target hunting bow. They they put those on the revolts this year. So Let, let's jump into the the Bowtechs. I so I'll be honest, I have not shot. I did not shoot the Bowtechs this year, and have not shot them a lot in my life. So you're, mm-hmm. I'm going to lean completely on you with the Bowtechs. But <laughs> let's talk about their new bow for 2020. Yeah, so they, they came out with two uh, two new models, basically expanding on the Realm series again. Um, who you know, like Matthews, had a good platform, and and they've been riding it for a few years now, and <laughs> and we'll see if they make any changes. But um, this year, they, they you know, let's go back to last year in order to talk about this year's bow. We need to talk about last year's reckoning. That was a uh, pretty god ugly bow but uh in my opinion um i agree <laughs> it was like wow that's i'm gonna use that to hit a deer um yeah. but so it had the cam lock technology which basically allows you to um laterally move the cam left to right 
basically shim the cam over without having to tear down the bow or do anything. It's just basically two screws. You loosen one, tighten the other to move it um, one way or the other. And, and it's makes, it makes basically um, tuning the bow. You don't have to have a bow press. You don't have to go to a bow shop. I think that's fantastic. I love that. Um, I, I took two out of the box this year when they arrived um, at my local bow shop. I, they kind of let me do whatever I want there. It's awesome. So Nice. I yeah, took, I need that set up. <laughs> yeah. Well, my buddy owns it, and my, my other buddy works there. And so when I'm not there and, and a new bow arrives, he says, hey, I got one set up, 29 inches, 70 pound, already set up for you. I'm like, perfect. You know, because that's, yes. that's what I test them all for. And so um, he just he just basically, you know, first thing he does is sets it up for me, calls me, and then, you know, it's ready for me to get there and film. So uh, it's pretty slick. I, I really do Man. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but I got to set these ones up. I'm like, let me, let me set those ones up. I just want to see how easy they are to tune with that new um, deadlock. And um, within less than 10 minutes, I had a bullet hole out of both of them. I mean, it was fast. I never even touched Man. the deadlocks. It was it was like um, 7 eighths center shot or 13 16 center shot, and boom bullet hole i'm like holy crap like that Jeez. that's fantastic so um i i've been critical of a bowtech in the past probably like a lot of folks have you know with their limbs when they were doing um you know have a lot of limb issues those days are pretty much behind them um you know they they've got a really solid platform now and this revolt and revolt x um which i've got mixed opinions on the revolt x depending on who you are um it, it's a really good bow to buy. And so we're looking at, um, out, out of all the lineups this year, I think Bowtech was the smartest, uh, straight up. Um, I think they were extremely smart. So they went with a 30 inch axle to axle bow, but they went with a longer brace height with that, which I think is fantastic. Typically when you see people go with a uh, shorter, uh, axle to axle, the brace height will shrink with it. And right. I, don't really know why that is. Maybe it's performance. I don't know. But they went the opposite direction, and they went with a 33-inch axle-to-axle called the Revoltex, which is a 6.5-inch brace height, which is right on the money. So both of these bows are extremely shootable. Second thing, both of them have pretty darn good speeds. 335, 335 out of the Revolt, and I believe it's 340 out of the uh, Revolt X. And that's, what's a, that's with a... Um, longer brace height that's that's fantastic you know if they went down to a six they would probably be one of the fastest bows on the market so which you um you know you could you could talk about the ss if you wanted there but um that that deadlock let me talk about the revolt x real quick <clears throat> not to get on suplex and stop, stop me if i say something that no keep, to keep going to. i'm loving this okay so um the bro they're both right around four and a half pounds but let me talk about the revolt x and in order to do that i need to talk about the realm x so the Realm X is a couple years old, couple, yeah, a couple years old, and it's still going for six to seven hundred bucks on the used market, which is insane. Guys, you're still paying really good money for a Realm X. Well, there's a reason. That's probably the best bow Bowtech has ever created. Period. I mean, that is bar none. If you took a vote from guys who shoot who shoot Bowtech, they would probably vote for the Realm X over any other bow, um, percentage wise. So. That has been a, a fantastic bow. It was rock solid, and there wasn't really a lot of issues with that bow ever. It had a really good performance. It was about five to six feet per second faster than the Revolt X. The only, literally, one of the only differences is deadlock technology. So instead of going from split yokes, which are easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl to tune, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they went with the deadlock, which is 
extremely easy to tune. So if you're a new guy and you're wanting to listen to podcasts and listen to YouTube or watch YouTube videos and learn how to work on your own bow and learn about camling and, you know, and center shot and all this stuff, the Revoltex and you want to be you do it yourself or the Revolt or the Revoltex is probably your bow this year. Reason being is because you don't need a bow press. You don't need a bunch of money to get invested and it's super extremely easy to get that bow to tune. Now, over the over the Realm X, super easy, super tunable, but it had yokes and you needed a bow press. That's really the only difference between that bow and the Revolt X. And you're getting a little bit more performance out of the Realm X as far as speed-wise goes. So if you have access to a press and you have access to doing your own tuning, you might as well just stick with the Realm X. But if you're looking to get into the game or looking to maybe just get a newer bow and you really loved your Realm X and the Revoltex has your bow, you're only losing about five feet per second, as I said. So um, both great bows, um, you know, good price points. Um, yeah. What is the price point on the Revolt? Yeah, you're looking at about 1100 bucks. Okay, so yeah. right there with most of the other ones except for... Yep, they're Wait. super adjustable. You know, your draw lengths go from like 25 and then, um, twenty-five to 31 on the Revoltex and then 26 to 31 on the Revolt. Um, and and, and they, they really fit a long, broad range of shooters. And, and they came out, with, came out with a fantastic bow this year. And, and, and um, you know, they've, they've had some really nice shooting bows the last couple of years. But that, that cam lock or the deadlock, whatever you want to call it, on the hunting bows this year and then also swapping the brace heights where the six and a half should actually be on the 30. I, I just think that was brilliant. I think that was smart and they're very shootable bows and they pound and, and really fantastic. And they have a good, um, I believe they're coming at 80% right now for let off. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I believe they still have the performance, um, disc on there too. So you can swap it from comfort to performance mode. So if you did want to have, um, you know, literally like no Valley and have that bow shoot like a, a Hoyt turbo. You could, <laughs> which, oh, nice. which I don't know why you would, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So sorry as I dig at Hoyt. Um, <laughs> I so, love it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's you know, I, I, I'm being really nice to Bowtech this year because they earned it. And, and, and man, I, I think it's, I think they hit a home run this year and, and they deserve uh, kudos for that. They do, uh, offer draws in 50, 60, 70 pounds and, and, um, yeah, I think, I think that's going to be a really good selling bow this year. And it doesn't look like a, you know, a horrible looking club like the, uh, reckoning did. So, right. It's a much better looking bow it than, than, it, than they have been in the past. That reckoning was, yeah. was yeah. Night oh, and day. Exactly. And yeah. it, like I said, if you have the realm X, I, you know, personally I'd save your money, but, um, if you're like, if you're wanting to get something new and you're, or you're new to the game, you want to get into tuning, that is your bow. Well, and that's the same thing. I mean, similar to the Matthews, like you said, they're still building off that same platform that they have for yep. a couple of years now. Like Matthews, if you have a Vertex, don't go buy a VXR. <laughs> I, I don't see a reason to do that personally. I mean, yeah, do what you want. It's your it's your money and your own your own thing. But yeah, kind of the same thing with Bowtech. Yeah, if you're if if you're happy with your realm, just just keep it and. Yeah. And they, and they aim really well. I mean, a lot of these bows, um, you know, they've been copying each other. Um, and, oh yeah. You know, there's there's been plenty of that going around, and 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 you know, a lot of these guys are widening their limbs for a more stable platform. They're starting to get caged risers. You know, they're starting to add all these, these target, um, qualities to the hunting rigs. And that's kind of what you're seeing is target accuracy out of a hunting rig, which mm -hmm. they've been preaching for a lot of years, but now they're actually finally making the actual changes on the shooting platforms, you know, maybe extending the riser a little bit, 
um, widening out, widening the limbs out. You're getting giant freaking limb pockets now, and and you're starting to see better shooting platforms for most of most of the uh, manufacturers. Well, you're seeing a lot of that target accuracy out of some of these hunting bows because they're making those changes, which is really it, mm-hmm. for us, us. That's all. I'm you know I'm not a target shooter. I'm a hunter, and so for us to hunt, we we appreciate those changes. So absolutely, absolutely. So uh, one other bow I want to talk about before we move on to kind of our next topic. Um, there was big news few gosh few months ago with uh, John Dudley making the transition mm-hmm. from Hoyt to to PSE, and mm-hmm. everybody thought that he was just absolutely bat you know what crazy to to do that um, Mm because Hoyt was so amazing and that's what Cameron Haynes and everybody shot um I I can't imagine John Dudley going to PSE to go into a a lower class bow you know he's just he likes the best of the best and so Mm -hmm. so let's talk about the PSE uh for 2020 what it looks like and um maybe why he'd made that move well uh John Dudley I don't know the guy personally but I you know from looking at it as an outsider looking in um john dudley wants to do what's best um for the archery industry in my opinion you know he offered to do bows for whoever it just wasn't pse you know he wants to do improvements and have his own perfect bow for each manufacturer from my understanding and pse is like oh hell yeah and yeah. so um you know come on what? over and you know in my opinion hoyt this is where Hoyt leads the archery industry. They have the best ground game out of any bow manufacturer, period. You look at their roster for pro hunters. It is insane. They have is. they have almost everybody. So um, they've got the best ground game. And so losing Dudley, yeah, that's a hit. But, um, you know, they're they're almost better at marketing than, than they are at anything else. That They have some really good ground game. And I'll leave yeah. it at that. Um, P, John Dudley moving away from PSE um, – you know, maybe they didn't want to work with them on creating their own bow. You know, they, they kind of had the Cameron Haynes edition, which was just, you know, strings and, and logos and stuff. But I think Dudley was wanting to do more than that. And that's why you saw PSC kind of welcome them over and like, hey, we'll take your suggestions. Come on over here, baby. You know, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll take you. And so he did. He made some he made some changes to the, to you know, with the NTN series out of the PSCs. And, um, you know, I, I think that he hit a home run, but you're also starting to see, do, you know, he's doing that with, with Spot Hog now too. And so, um, you know, I think he's, he's kind of just throwing that out there and he's being, you know, very entrepreneurialistic. Um, however you say that word, you know, very, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's putting himself out there and he's, he's making that dough and he's making hay while it's, while, while it's growing, you know what I'm saying? So he's got the hype. He's got, he's got the following. He's cashing on, cashing in on that cow right now is what you're seeing. And, um, you know, spot hog is the next one that you're going to see a knock on series. Mark my words, you're going to see one. Um, and you know, good for him. So I don't know if it was him swapping to PSE because he thinks it's the best platform. I think it was the next platform to take on him. Well, I, I kind of thought that same thing. Again, I'm, I haven't been a PSC fan or follower or anything like that. I haven't shot one of them in, in years. I, sh- I mean, I shot the one this year, but uh, haven't carried one in the hills hunting. And and so when I saw him go there, I, I wonder what PSC will look like two or three years from now with him kind of being a mastermind behind it. Because you're right. He, I, I agree with you. I think he wants the best thing for the archery industry, the um, archery hunting industry, making the best bow possible. And I'll be interested to see what PSC does in the next two to three years. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're going to keep doing these these platforms and then Dudley's going to shoot, you know, shoot, 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 see what he likes to see to change and make some changes to it. And um, that's, that's what you're going to see. So, um, 
you know, he, he did a good job, you know, developing his, uh, my buddy bought one. He says it's extremely stable platform. Um, some of the, you know, the, the arrow stand thing. I don't know about that, man. I, that seems like a kind of a gadget more than Gimmick. a platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can toss that in there with the SCS silent connect system. Uh, has this year, so I will tell you, I don't even have that on my VXR, by the <laughs> way. I, I didn't even put it on. Isn't it like 60 bucks for a freaking string and a connector? Like, yes, it's, it's uh, oh my God. Yeah. My backpack has a bucket that I put it in and it straps to my backpack. I'm like, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. That's just an extra thing to get in the way. I'm, I'm not putting yeah. it on my bow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, Rabbit. no, no I, I, I'm right there with you. And you know, I've only hunted out of a tree stand, uh, three days of my life. <laughs> and that was with John or Brian from day six. And, and he had this little carabiner on a string and I'm like thinking, well, why the hell does somebody need a little 60 or $80 SCS connect system that when a you carabiner don't... and a string works, man, like I, I don't understand. This is borderline stupid. You know, like I, I really don't know why somebody would buy that. So um, yep. you know, there's my dig That's at Matthews. So now I've gotten, I've got Hoyt and Matthews now. So. Oh man. I say these Hoyt and Matthews guys, they're going to be burning yeah. down your house yeah. here in a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I know I could go against, but I've got plenty of ammo against Botech, but they, they treat, <laughs> they've treated me pretty well the last couple of years. So, uh, but so the PSC man, um, you know, they had the bow of the year that they couldn't meet the demand. And so, um, you know, COVID hit Matthews shut down for a while. Um, I, I'll tell you a joke after we get off here about that. But um, <laughs> so uh, they're, they're having some manufacturing. Um, they're, they're behind, you know, they're basically like a spot hog. They are so far behind. Um, so they had the best bow of the year, in my opinion. And that was with the PSE Mach 1. Uh, fantastic freaking bow. Everybody that shoots it says, dude, you're right. That's the, that is the bee's knees of bows. Some guys are like, I'm not going to shoot it because the grip sucks. I'm like, have you shot it? No, well, that's why you're saying that because they changed the grip this year, and I am total total uh, fanboy of that Mach One. It's a fantastic freaking bow. Um, mm-hmm. Now, having said that, some guys have bought that bow and have brought it to my attention that there has been kind of a flaw with that bow. Um, the uh, cable guard uh, typically points at two o'clock on that bow, which is where it needs to be. And for guys that tune and shoot PSCs, very rarely do they ever dick around with the roller guard cables or the cable guards. It's it's always pointing at 2 o'clock, and they can pretty much get the bow to shoot with that being at 2 o'clock. However, the way that that is threaded and the pressure from the bow, especially on the 80-pounders, which they offer, um, is pulling that over towards the string and causing tuning issues and, and vein issues. And so it's a simple fix. Put some freaking Loctite in there, and you'll be done with it. But, um, that's, that's literally really one of the only things that I've, I've heard about that bow. And I, and I'm saying that because guys have bought that bow, got a hold of me and they're upset because I basically, (laughs) I watched your video and you convinced me to buy it. I'm like, okay, sorry. I apologize. It's a fantastic (laughs) bow. Put some freaking Loctite in there and go pound. It's awesome. It's great. Exactly. And, um, you know, hopefully they figure that out. They, they can either probably solve that with, by reverse threading it just reversing the threads um in mm-hmm. the riser so instead of pulling it loose you're pulling it tight right um right. or you know there might be it might be a, a more simpler solution than that but uh loctite being one of them um so once you solve that issue it's a fantastic bow and if you can get your hands on one i would suggest try shooting one and uh it is a slug it is kind of a turd 
Um, and at 80 pounds, it definitely is stiff. It does feel like an 80 pound bow, uh, but at <laughs> 70 pounds, it is a sweetheart. It is really a sweetheart. And so, um, look, you want to go ahead and get into the NXT series real quick and then we kind of yeah. roll in it. Yeah. Let's jump into that. Okay. So, uh, so since you're shooting the 31 and a half, we'll just start off with the 31, um, NXT. How about that? That works. Okay. So. Um, with a lot of the other bows, you know, um, I sound like a broken record here, but they're right there, right in there with the six and a half inch brace height, uh, with the 31 and all the bows come standard pretty much with 80 to 90% let off. Uh, one thing I would like to see is them actually unify their screws. It's like Torx versus Allen's. And then they had an argument at the manufacturing <laughs> shop and like, which one are we going to use? And they said, screw it. Let's use both of them. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I only want to use, I know that I know I'm bitching about what tool I'm using, but it really, right twix, left twix. <laughs> it, dude, it's like, just me, just unify that. Just Make, use one. Yeah. The continuity between your screws needs to be there. So, um, <laughs> if from, from a guy working on a both perspective, it would be nice to have yeah. to grab one wrench. So, um, but anyways, but the, with the speed mods, which is a modification you can get from the manufacturer is 65 to 75%. And that does speed the bows up a little bit. Um, you know, I'm giving the ATA numbers here. So you can minus about eight feet, nine feet off of them, uh, off the speeds given here, which aren't impressive, but I will say that they also kind of slow played their numbers this year. A lot of the bows that I tested through PSC shot better than what they claimed. So, um, you know, take take that for what it's worth. I think I think they were uh, under promising and over delivering this year on their speeds. So their ATA speeds could actually be accurate this year. Um, but the 31 inch uh, ATA bow NXT 31 is 329 feet per second. The three thir the 33 incher at seven inches brace height is 322 feet per second, and the 35 at six and seven inch brace height is 328. And um, you know. The draw lengths do differ between them. If you're a shorter draw guy, the the, the 31 um, will easily fit you at 25 and a half, all the way up to 30 and a half. The 33, which seems like most of the guys are going with the 33, um, is a uh, 26 and a half to 32 inch um, draw cycle. So if you're an extremely long guy, that would be your bow. There's also a 35 inch um, long draw option as well, but um, that's from 25 to 31 and a half. But they do have the 80-pound options on the 31 and the 33. Um, again, man, you know, they are less Oof. stiff than the Evoke series from last year, oh. which is what I'm shooting. They are less stiff. They are more stable. And I think it's a better shooting platform. It's a, and, and even though I shoot my Evoke extremely well, it's a better shooting bow as far as being able to be more accurate and hold on target better than the Evoke series. Having said that, the Evoke series pounds and it's faster and it's substantially faster than the NXT series. So I, this year I would hold on to my evoke and I'm holding on to my evoke unless I decide to pull the trigger on a Mach one. But if you want a little bit more shootable bow over last year's PSE than the NXTs, it's there for you. And it's got a great brace heights. Um, however, your speed is going to be lacking compared to last year. And, uh, one thing they did do that I did like it is, um, you know, they did do the bridge riser and they actually made the riser a little bit longer. And then they went at a little bit steeper angle with the limbs, which took a little bit out of the, um, uh, vibration out of the shot. So they're quiet and they're super dead in the hand. And it, you know, compare that to a Matthews and, and you'd have a hard time telling. And, uh, and I say that cause I think Matthews has some of the quietest and deadest in the hand bows out there. And so, um, you know, it, but it aims extremely well and it's nicer to shoot with a solid back wall, which for me is important. I like, I don't like that sponge. I feel like I get too many inconsistencies with the sponge. Um, and, and yeah, they came out with one hell of a bow. 
they did change the grips this year. They went to an actual grip, um, not Uh-oh. just the riser. And that, for a lot of guys, has been the Achilles heel for PSC, and that's why they don't shoot them. That's why I haven't shot them for the last few years. It's because mm-hmm. the grips suck. I mean, they sucked. Yeah. They felt like you're grabbing a 2 by 4 and, Well, you're... You know? Exactly. I hated it. And you're right there. It sounds like you're right there on the same boat, man. So... Oh, man. Yeah, that... I've shot them in the past, and that's that was been one of my biggest complaints. As you can tell, I I really do care about the grips. I still miss my white grip, but <laughs> but yeah, I hated that because it just yeah felt like you're grabbing a two by four. I always had like a oh, yeah. like an iron rod just sticking out there. I, I hated it, but dude, it's uh, but I yeah. Go it's, ahead. It's funny how those little things make the biggest difference, though. You know, to you, you well, know that, that that really matters. Grips are important because that is the the connection point between you and the bow and people are like, well, you're bitching about a grip, dude. I'm, I'm, you know, consistency. I've said this a million times, consistency and duplication means accuracy. If I can't consistently get my hand in the grip easily, the same spot easily every single time, then there goes my accuracy. That, that, that means a lot to me. And so, um, you know, you don't see, here's one thing you don't see professional shooters doing, changing their grip or, or, or reposition, repositioning their grip when they're at full draw. You don't see that. And right. when you don't have a grip that has a very easily consistent point of contact, then you're losing something. And, <laughs> and, you know, they, they change their grip. And, and, and if I remember right, it reminded me a lot of a weight grip. And it was a little bit more ergonomic, probably a little bit more skinnier, if I remember right. But mm-hmm. I mean, it is right up there with a Hoyt grip, and it is fantastic. And uh, they did a great job changing some things around. And yes, you know, they're not speed demons this year, but speed really isn't everything. Yeah, I mean, that, like I said, the speed is a sexy thing. People look at when they're looking at new bows, they'll look right. at that IBO speed or AT speed just because it is like, yeah, it's that sexy thing that they want to see. Oh, they want to see fast, they, you know, as fast right. as we can possibly get. But really, at the end of the day, and for me, especially as a hunter, that that really isn't what matters. What matters to me is what I can be accurate with. And and so, yeah, it, it, a little bit disappointing at a little bit lower speeds, but uh, I don't think that would ever, you know, run me off from buying a PSC. I, I, I still think that's pretty impressive. It's pretty still good. fast. Yeah, that's dude, still fast. Yeah, and and like I said, I think they're kind of slow playing their numbers this year. They're they're actually faster a lot of the time than what they're 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 um, showing on their spec sheets. So, um, but and, and so I guess we can move into the Mach One here and um, and, and my pick for bow of the year and uh, they're they're fantastic. I I think that the grip over in the grips between this and the aluminum bows are different. The grips for the carbon bows in the past absolutely freaking sucked. Probably the worst grips I've ever had. I mean, I would never wish that upon my worst enemy that you had to deal with that grip. I mean, if you liked it, good for you. But for me, no thank you. I shot the old um, uh, carbon uh, PSEs prior to this model, and I shot them once, and I was like, nope, and then put it back. That's it. I'm like, one and done, baby. You suck. I am not shooting you again. You could be the best, smoothest drawing bow in the world, but that grip is so bad. I'm not going to shoot it. So um, <laughs> this year they changed the grip. And, and I think when, when Corey, um, a buddy of mine that works for PSC, brought it, he's like, they changed the grip. Because <laughs> he knew. I think he just was like, they changed the grip this year. I was like, perfect. And so um, I told him, like, if they changed the grip, I would probably shoot it. And, um, and so um, when he had his, like, test model that he'd go around and show all the shops, he called me and, and um, we met at my, my local shop. And I got early access to it and did a video with him. And, um, and I was blown away. I was like, good God, this bow aims so freaking well. And I, I have my personal, um, 
you know, biases towards what I want to see out of a bow, right? I have what I shoot mm-hmm. best for me. And that is about a 32 to 33 inch axle axle bow. That's about a six and a quarter inch brace height. That's about an 85% let off. That's a solid back wall. And um, yeah, that's really about it. And about four pounds, somewhere in there, 4.2 pounds, four pounds, somewhere in there. That's what I can build a really good bow for me. Well, Corey, this bow cam comes in at six and one eighth inch, 80 to 90% let off, 32 and one eighth ATA. And 25 to 30 and a half, or 25 to 30 and a half inch um, draw at a 340 or a 332 speed, and with the speed mod, which I wouldn't do, is 340. And I'm thinking, good God, that's exactly why I love this yeah. bow. Like, yeah, I'm like, you guys made me a bow. Built Thank for you. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, dude, you hit it out of the park on this one. Like for me personally, you know, we should call it the On Point series or something, man. Because I, I, yeah. I, I love, I love that bow, and. Um, you know, obviously as a shooter, it complements me and the, my style the best out of any other bow I shot this year. So, um, like I said, you know, they, they are a little behind on the, on their manufacturing. And I think that's probably why you're not seeing much hype about them. Um, it's cause they're kind of hard to get a hold of. And, and if you do shoot one, um, they're flying off the shelves. So, um, we've got a couple here locally in Roseburg, Oregon. Um, we have an 80 pounder that was, that had my name on it and, um, I went and shot it and I told him it was too stiff. So it no longer has my name on it. Um, and it's up for grabs and I think we have two 70 pounders here, but, um, so if you want nice. one, you know, call my local shop and, and they'll hook you up. But, um, that's, that's what? really about it. What is your local shop? I don't know. What's the, what's the name of that shop? It, it's called Waldron's, and it's a outdoor store. So they have like this tiny little bow section, and um, it's it's pretty small. So yeah. we need not, to give them a shout out, though. It sounds like they're pretty freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The the owners, I I grew up with their kid Chris. We went to school together, and then um, Tom and Sasha own it. They're fantastic people. My buddy uh, Tanner, shout out to Tanner works there um young guy getting his feet wet in the archery industry and working on bows and stuff and he's a pretty good shot and and um you know doing a good job and they treat me extremely well and i and i try and toss some business for giving me early access to bows and allowing me to film and record and and um it's it's a, it's a good good relationship there so oh yeah. that's cool that's very cool oh, yeah. well so, it sounds like i know what your number one bow is but I, as we <laughs> i want you to start thinking like what your top five would be as we talk about a, a couple other things here yeah. I, I do want to i do have a couple, couple other questions i want to ask you so we, we've kind of talked about the the high upper upper echelon bows of each each brand um a lot of our listeners actually will reach out and say you know I, i'm budget minded and so like for example our our big you know um banner sponsor is vortex optics and i love vortex optics because mm-hmm. they have the upper echelon glass and they have something that you know the guy on the budget you know the guy with four kids or you know like jeff barlow who has 20 kids can yeah. you know they can still buy some of these lower end stuff yeah. um I, i'm kidding jeff if you ever if you listen to this but <laughs> <laughs> but in in your mind uh, and let's keep it kind of in in those brands you know we talked about the psc the hoyt the matthews and the mm-hmm. Botech. Um, out of those brands, for a budget-minded guy, what what would be the bow that would be their go-to? Uh, out of all the brands here for for bows, budget bows, uh, the Nitrix. Um, okay. That would be not the Nitrax, but the Nitrix, which is their midline bow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was last year's midline bow, and I like that bow more than their more than their flagship and their carbon bows, and it was like seven seven hundred bucks, I think. So wow, eight hundred bucks. And it shot. What did just you fine. like better about it? Um, I felt like it had 
everything that the other bows did, um, not, not everything, but I felt like the, the quality and the shootability was there. I think I felt like it was actually quieter and more dead in the hand than the flagship bows was. And, uh, it just seemed like it was like, why is this thing 800 bucks? Why is it, why is this not a flagship bow? Um, and you know, there's a few component, um, uh, cheap, I would say cheaper components on it, but, um, they did save some money and cut some corners on it, but, um, it shoots just as good or better than last year's flagship bows in my opinion. And that's a fantastic bow. So, um, the PSE does have some really nice, um, flagship or, uh, mid midline bows. They probably have one of the best selections. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should probably take a look at those. But the Nitrix was probably one of my favorite bows. Um, what was the uh, Bowtex midline bow this year? Um, drawing a mind blank. It was pretty good, but I think the Hoy actually outdid it. I, I had those um, in a bow comparison. I did a mid bow, mid bow, mid level bow comparison. Shoot, I've shot, shot so many bows. Um, <laughs> drawing a mind blank, but um, I can't remember either. The, the Bowtex one didn't win. I'll put it that way. Um, I believe the PSE beat it out and then the Hoyt beat it out. So if you're looking to save money, um, buy a Realm X. Um, one of the, yeah. it's a great bow and you could get it for 600 bucks loaded probably. And, um, but if you're wanting to go new a Nitrix would be a really good bet. Well, now I'm kicking myself a little bit because I was at a shop in, in Colorado Springs. Um, actually you guys may know it's Bill Pellegrino's shop. Um, and they, they tried to talk to me into to shooting that Nitrix and I was like, no, no, you know, I, <laughs> You know that I guess I needed a little humble pie because like no, it's kind of that lower end. I want the mm-hmm. I want the upper ones. You know, I want the the best of the best. And I I guess I should have. <laughs> yeah, I should have shot it. <laughs> Man, I I told you when I when I shot it and I and I was shooting it for the first time with Tanner at the shop and when we, a lot of times we'll shoot the bows together for the first time. And uh, I looked at him. I'm like, why is this not the flagship bow? I'm like, this is so <laughs> stupid. Like, <laughs> like, what are they doing? Like, they just killed their flagship bow. If people shoot this bow, there's no point in shooting their flagship bow. You're getting everything you need out of this bow. I mean, it's in my opinion, it was a better on-the-shot shooting bow than <laughs> than their flagships were, man. It was like, that. Eh, I don't know. I don't get it, but... That speaks um, volumes, though. I, I think to a lot of our listeners, hearing you say that right there, I think that'll bring a lot of comfort to a lot of people think that they can go out and get that bow, mm-hmm. and it's going to compete with the, the flagship. You know, and, and for a lot of us that are hunters, a lot of us don't need the, the best of the best. or You know, we don't have to prove our deep pockets by, yep, here's, I've got this flagship bow in my in my case here kind of a thing. You know, it, if you can go out and kill an animal with whatever, I mean, whatever you spend on it, that's all that really matters. But, it, you know, some people do like to buy new bows. And if you can get a new bow for a decent price like that Nitrix, man, that's that's a sweet deal. So I think that will bring a lot of comfort to, to yeah. our listeners. And, you know, if you're a big guy, you know, the Drive um, XL3B um, or the, the 3B uh, by PSC, those are shooters. I mean, they really are. And you're you're missing the boat if you're not at least shooting or dipping your toe in the water with the mid-levels and you're trying to save money. Me, personally, if we're talking about new bows um, or, or if you're in the bow market, buy better accessories and a mid-level bow than a high-level bow and shit accessories because it is very important that your accessories are, are your strong suit. I'm talking sight and rest. And if you don't have those really dialed in and you, you can't really rely on those, a, a cheap apex will, will cost you accuracy. I promise you, you may not notice it if you haven't shot a, you know, a black old, a spot hog or a Sherlock or something like that, it, it will cost you accuracy and it's not as reliable, really straight up. I mean, you're relying on, 
relying on like a polymer versus like a hard mm-hmm. um, machined piece of slab of metal on your side of your yeah. bow or aluminum and and I've never broken a spot hog but I've broken pretty much everything else out there and and uh <laughs> and you know I'm hard on my gear man I'm really hard and and you know it's pass or fail if I if I have to cater to my gear it's out of there it's it's yeah. it's out of there last thing I want to worry about the only thing I want to worry about is doing my job and that's executing a shot while I'm out there I don't want to have to worry about my my rest dropping on the shot or my broadhead expanding I don't want to worry about that crap so um, I try and keep it as, as reliable and generally as simple and as I can to make sure that I'm just eliminating variables, right? I mean, once you've missed, like I have so many times and you've gotten creative on ways to fail, you, you start, you start figuring out the ways not to fail. And so <laughs> you start coming full circle. And that's kind of what I've done here is, is, um, you know, accessories a hundred percent more important than the bow hundred percent. I think I know the answer to this question. I'm going to ask you a rapid-fire question here real quick. What's Garrett Weaver's uh, side of choice? Uh, well, there's a few. Uh, if you're a fixed-pin guy, so the, straight up answer the question. I won't give you the, the roundabout answer. So right now, my favorite side is the Fast Eddie XL 3-pin. Um, I did make the modification to it where you have three pointers for each. You have one pointer for each pin, so now there's three pointers, which I expect Spot Hog to do here in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, that's, that's the best of both worlds. I can shoot out to 60 yards without dialing and, you know, um, hashtag accurate, you know, I can do it accurately. I'm not just really, you know, lobbing arrows out there and hoping I, I, no, I can do it accurately enough to kill an animal and for sure kill an animal. And, uh, if I, if I have time to dial, which every time I've shot at an animal, I think I've had time to dial. I can't think of a time oh, yeah. where I didn't have time. And, um, and, and for those longer shots, man, it's, it's nice. Oh, 67 yards. Oh, okay. You know, it's like mm-hmm. those, those half yards or 67s or those, or those 65s where, you know, do you, do you just split the pin gaps? Because that's not where your arrow is going to go. You know, it's right. that halfway between your pins isn't actually, you know, the five yard increment. If you look at the way the trajectory of your arrow is. So, um, you know, for, for the best of both worlds, I suggest that if you're a guy that can't focus on one thing, uh, or the, you know, a single pin would be good for you. If you don't mind focusing on more than one thing, but you don't have to worry about the dialing, you know, a seven pin, you know, a black gold or a, a spot hog, you know, those are two of the most reliable ones out there that I really like. Um, you know, there's, there's a few others, but you know, those are pretty much my two go-tos that I would stick with. Well, that makes me feel good. I've always been a spot hog guy. This year, I actually switched and did the uh, black gold. What is it? The Ascent Verdict Three. So it's the three pin slider sight. Yep. Um, those really, guys I, actually I, added another pointer it. to it too. I think those yeah. guys. Those guys did my my trifecta upgrade. Um, yep. And you know, I actually called them on the phone um, a while ago, back when I was trying to do basically do what Dudley was doing. Right. You know, like he's living my dream right now by like coordinating and. <laughs> helping people develop their products. So I call black Gold. I'm like, listen guys, no one else wants to hear this, <laughs> but I've got this idea. It's got like thousands of thousands of thousands of views of people who want to buy my idea. You guys need to do this. And, um, we, I never ended up doing anything with them, but, um, it's, I'm glad to see that they eventually <laughs> use yeah. that idea. I'm not saying they use my idea, but somebody, somebody, came up with the idea or decided to use the, the extra pointer idea, which just, it just makes sense. So it does. Uh, it's nice. I'm going to give you credit on it. I'm absolutely going to give you credit on it. Oh, cause... well, 
Well, uh, awesome I, I don't know if anybody else would, but I, I definitely appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's the thought that counts. But um, yeah, yeah, so you know, if for guys that are that are looking at buying a Hoyt, um, you know, maybe a, a you know, because even the PSE Mach ones are like seventeen hundred bucks, seven sixteen hundred yeah. bucks, and and so if it's between that or buying a shitty site, you know, go with a lesser bow and buy the site. You know, don't don't cheap out on that stuff. Even a nice stabilizer. If you're going with like a three inch um stabilizer whatever they're i, I know limb what, saver limb, yeah limb saver s coil four inch yeah. that's not doing anything for you right like spend 80 bucks and get a good good you know 10 inch stabilizer and just see what that does for you you know if you're hunting out of a blind i get it but um you know each yeah. to his own yeah absolutely i got a couple questions more questions for you before i let you go garrett the, the, the next one is um well, we have a, our audience really covers the entire United States, mm-hmm. and I know you're a Western guy. I'm a Western guy, but like you said, you've hunted out east, um, talked to a lot of people out east. For the guys that live east and west, what would you, well? Let's start with east. What would you recommend first for the east eastern hunters? What would you recommend for the western hunters? Well, um, you know, Matthews is pretty much making what what eastern guys want, and so um, you know they're offering those right now. They're offering those shorter axle axle guys, but I get a lot of guys that are hunting out of tree stands that are saying, "Dude, I don't know why everybody's saying you have to have a short axle axle bow to hunt out of a tree stand. Like, you don't have to." And so I totally, I totally get it. I had plenty of room in my tree stand. You can shoot a forty five inch axle to axle bow if you wanted <laughs> out of a tree stand, right? So uh-huh. I get it. But for those blind. Um, uh, guys hunting out of blinds, not guys that are blind, but uh, <laughs> guys that are hunting out of blinds, um, you know, those shorter axle to axle bows and those shorter, you know, more compact stabilizers, I get it. You know, the VXR28 would be a sweet choice, but I mean, you also have a Revolt, you also have a PSE, and you also have an Alpha. You have four bows that are all within two inches of each other and, you know, ATA. And so you're really, you're only adding an inch to the roof, towards the roof or towards the ground of, of your blind. And so... You know, it's it's really each to their own. I think guys find reasons to buy what they want. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it, you know, some of it's not, you know, some of it's personal preference, but I think a lot of it is, is successful marketing. Um, so Eastern guys, you know, I a lot of guys like to shoot lighter setups. Um, you know, I, w- I would harp on on setups more than bows. More than bows. I, I think that what they're using to shoot their deer with uh, is more important than, than um, the bow they're using. So... Um, me personally, if, if you can shoot the, the longest bow possible that you can fit in your blind, I think that's inherently more accurate, uh, just because it's a more stable platform. If you can start f- widening out your platform, like the, like the Matthews are doing and in, in starting to go with like a caged riser or a bridged riser, like they're doing, I think they're really catering to that market that you're talking about. Okay. And I, I get what you're saying. And I, yeah, I think people can find a reason whatever that reason is to buy whatever bow they they really want like you said a lot of it's probably marketing you know yeah. matthews does a great job marketing to the east mm-hmm. hoyt does a great job marketing. like you said <laughs> hoyt's ground game right now it rivals mountain ops i think i think mountain ops <laughs> the best marketing teams in the world but that's funny yeah i agree well, i agree 100 with them so. <laughs> yeah i'm not uh, saying whether i like or dislike either of those companies i'm just saying no, no, they no. got the best marketing department or they spend the most money either way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love your approach, by the way, through this whole thing. You're, you, everything, <laughs> your, 
your opinion and all that. And I, I, I love that. I hope people, I hope people appreciate your, your whole approach because you do shoot everything you do. I mean, like you said, you gave how many, how many arrows did you shoot from January to August? 18, 18. Well, that was the year I shot the Halon. I haven't done that since I probably hang around 10,000 now. Um, that's, that's still a whole lot more than any of the rest of more, us. More than the average shoot. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I shoot a 10th of that a year. So no, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so, I love your approach. How it's all your, you know, hey, this is my opinion and all that. But I, I hope people understand how, you know, your opinion definitely is backed by well, experience and facts as well. Well, I, I appreciate them, and I was actually watching um, an Instagram clip, um, and, and I guess this is kind of validate myself, which is kind of a douchey thing to do. But um, <laughs> so, you know, there, I was watching a video of Levi Morgan talking about hinges. And, uh, and, and how, you know, and, and back tensions on the walls and, and, and how, you know, certain releases aren't probably good for limb stop rests. And, and, um, I'm just thinking like, man, if people were so objective, like he was, he is accuracy first, right? Like he is accuracy and granted, yeah, he gets paid millions through Matthews, but if he wasn't the most accurate, I know, I don't know if he wouldn't be shooting them. I know he shot Hoyt for a while, I believe. And, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, arguably maybe didn't do as what hasn't done as well with Matthews, but, um, you know, the guy was talking about a hinge and how accuracy can depend on how hard you're pulling against the back wall and then the angle of your hand. And I'm like, you know, that's why I don't shoot that bow or that's why yeah. I, I shoot this bow or that's why um, I, I do some very small things that make a big difference. And and to see him talking in a similar fashion was like, dude, you know, I'm if, I, if that guy's kind of if I'm echoing that guy, I'm probably on the right path. So yeah, yeah. If there's um, anybody to emulate, that that's a pretty good one to emulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's a freaking killer on and off the field. That guy is an mm-hmm. absolute shooter, and um, you know, I take a lot of what he says with a, with a huge grain of salt. So yeah. Well, again, he's got the experience similar to you. You have that experience. You you've put the reps in. You've done the work, and so when when he says something and conversely with you when you say something there's a lot of experience that that backs that up as well and a lot of well experience research studying you know i i know yeah. you're kind of a, a student of the game as well so oh, yeah. um, that, that makes a big difference as well yeah yeah absolutely so one more question for you garrett and then i'll let you back to your day um and i kind of asked you this be, or sent this to you before we got on this call and kind of mentioned it before but what would be your top five bows for 2020? Oh, uh, so Mach 1, number one, obviously. Um, Revolt X would probably be up there. I actually liked the Hoyt lineups more this year. Um, and my shoulders, you know, all those arrows that I brag about shooting and stuff, they do take a shoulder or a, a toll on my shoulders. I, I don't have a great draw. Um, like, like me personally, I don't draw a bow like you're supposed to, and it's in, and it started with the halon because I was shooting too long and too heavy, and I did that for too long, and mm-hmm. it just straight up messed my shoulders up. So anybody that ever watches my videos are like, dude, you need to learn how to draw a bow. And it's like, well, <laughs> both of my bows or both my shoulders are like gone. So, um, <laughs> so I I, I kind of gravitate towards smoother drawing bows, and that's the main reason I haven't bought one of those Matthews in many years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'd probably gravitate towards the, um, the alpha, uh, through Hoyt. I wouldn't mess with the, with the carbon bow, but the alpha was really right there. The, um, the, the, actually the VXR 28, um, being a little bit lighter, I did like that and I could tell yeah. the difference and I didn't really notice a difference in how either of them held differently. Um, 
I, I, in the video, I believe I even said, you know, I expect to like the 31 and a half better. And when I drew and shot the 28, I'm like, yeah, I might have to shoot them both again now. And, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that sure surprised me, man. So the VXR 28 would probably be in there as well. Um, honorable mentions, although, you know, Prime, Prime's got some great bows. You know, I shot the Synergy back when the Synergy was the first line of the Synergy. Um, that bow had issue after issue after issue, but I've never shot a bow more accurately, period, ever. That is the most accurate bow I've ever shot. Um, it, it was finicky. It was a pain in the butt to tune. It broke down on me all the time, but when it shot, it shot great. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, the Prime Black Series, um, they're good bows. I don't like how many pieces to the string there are. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the strings that come on their bows, they claim are great, and they use great material, but everybody I talk to, including myself, um, I, I, I just, I would swap out that string. Um, and that's 200 bucks because it's like a, what, a seven piece string, I think, or something right, like that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, um, I shot the one this year. The thing that got me this year was they have that ginormous circle, like right in my eyesight when I'm going to pull mm -hmm. back and I can't, I can't see past that thing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you, man, there, there's with that synergy, I, you know, you should always wait to buy a car, you know, for a few years to see what kind of issues it's going to have. Well, um, they're, they're working through a lot of stuff. I think the rigidity of the riser probably adds to some of their problems with, um, with some of the early issues, um, cause they use a little bit stiffer riser, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of good to be had with those bows and they are inherently accurate, man. I mean, the, the, the swerve they have in the bottom and, and just the synergy technology in general, holy freaking smokes are those accurate and so um you know for a guy and, and they have a pretty decent draw and and i like the way that the let off changes although it does change your your draw length um slightly um you know it's it's a really good bow and, and it's definitely not one to count out and i want to give a special kudos to, to elite for doing the quarter inch um draw stop or draw changes i think that was great too but so yeah to, to answer your question it was mock uh the mock one the revoltex probably the alpha um, then probably the PSE, um, NXT 33 and you, you'd have to maybe the VXR 28 and that's only because of my shoulders. Gotcha. That's, that's a pretty good list right there. I, I you can't argue that list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's user preference, man. I mean, you're shooting the, P, the, the VXR 31 and, and on a, you know, I've got a lot of guys, you know, a lot of friends that shoot the, the Matthews and, and they're, there's really no complaints. I mean, we're when when I do want to get this out there. When we're comparing all these bows, and and I do speed tests in all of them. Why? Because that is not a personal preference. That is a fact. That is yes. how fast the bow is shooting. But when we're talking about you know stability, how it aims on the shot, how it feels on the shot, we're almost splitting hairs. I mean, all the bows yeah. are so close nowadays. It's like it's it's which marketing got to you better and what bows did you shoot what ones did you really give a chance and um you know trying to be as objective as possible is, is extremely hard because as soon as i saw the mach 1 specs i'm like well freaking game over you know yeah that, that's built for you that's yeah so you know you got to take what i what i say with a grain of salt sometimes and and just like anybody else when it comes to these bow reviews but you know the broadhead reviews um all these things they have their little biases in them when it comes to personal personal preference and 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 you know the the results are the results they're not biased they're not skewed um you know there's been some folks out there saying that you know the the giant broadhead test that we did was was uh biased and all this stuff i'm like dude 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're upfront and honest about it. There was so much work that went into that. I don't know if we'll ever do it again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like the results were the results. And just because yeah. your head wasn't number one, go pound sand, man. Like, exactly. And so, yeah, I, I know I'm getting on my soapbox there. So long story short, like I say in the end of all my videos, go shoot the bows for yourself. And if you're wondering if the bow has enough oomph to kill an elk, which is probably my number one question, yes. Yes, your bow has enough oomph to kill an elk. Um, your arrow and your broadhead are probably the more, more important part of the equation there. So, um, which is another conversation <laughs> Yeah, and being able to make a good shot, whatever bow yeah, you can yeah. make a good shot with, that's where it comes down with me. If you can make a good shot and whatever bow feels com most comfortable to you, yep. that's the bow that you really should be shooting. But I will say though, that the podcast like this, that we just did just, you know, this is very informative. This is the facts that there, I mean, there is, there's some opinions in here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, but the facts are the facts and, and experience is experience and you can take a lot from people's experience. You know, yep. you're not who you are because you don't have the experience. You have that experience. John Dudley has that experience. And so I, I think for guys, average guys like myself or most guys that listen to this podcast, mm -hmm. you know, I think we can take this, learn from it and, and take, you know, take that knowledge to the bow shop, shoot these bows and like, okay, yes, I remember Garrett saying this. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, this feels better. Oh, yes, that is the right grip for me kind of a thing. It helps them remember some of the things that really are important when they get to that shop. And so so I, I think there's a lot of value in, yeah. in these kind of conversations. Yeah, and, 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 you know, we didn't talk about obsession. We didn't talk about Athens. You know, there's a lot. Of, we didn't really talk about elite. There's a lot of bows out there that has still haven't been touched by, by you know, Taryn and I's conversation here. And, and just because you didn't talk about it doesn't mean they're not relevant. Like you should still go check them out. You should still go shoot them all. Um, you know, Taryn hated the back, back wall of the, of the elite. And it sounds like Dude. I would too, <laughs> but I want you to do it. And I want you to text me and tell me what you think. <laughs> I will. I will. I, I think, I think the bow rack, um, which is about an hour and 20 minutes North of me might have elite. I'm not sure if they do, but all these bows that we don't have around here are ones that I don't review. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I might start reaching out to the manufacturers directly. I'm like, dude, I'm just, you know, this is what I do. I'll send it back to you. I promise, you know, like just send it to me for a couple of days and let me do a video on it. So, which I doubt anybody would take me up on, but, um, I, I don't know, getting, like I said, your experience behind that bow, getting your thoughts on it. I, I think they should take you yeah. up on that, especially companies like the obsessions and, and the elites, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, they're not as big out here in the East as the Hoyts and the Botex and the you know some of these other Matthews so I think it'd be good to get some of that some more that, that's good marketing that's that's more attention I, I think it would be a good idea to do that oh for sure for sure so well I, I appreciate you having me on hopefully I didn't you know there wasn't too many numbers in here I know I ran through them pretty fast and and I spit a lot of uh, specs at people here so um you know that, if, if if that was hopefully that was what you're looking for man it absolutely was. And the great thing about a podcast, and I've done it many times on your podcast, you can hit that, you know, 15 second <laughs> rewind button. What did he say? What's the, what's the ATA on that kind of a thing? Yeah, so yeah, there, there, we did there, You, you gave us a lot of information on this podcast. Was it, it it's exactly what I was looking for. Cause again, Perfect. right now, and I'm one of them, we're, we're trying to get ready for the hunting season. We know what tags we have, so we want to be prepared for them. Um, and I'm actually, I don't have an archery tag, but I do have the total archery challenge coming up. And so there's a yeah. lot of these things that I'm, I'm thinking about as well as everybody else. So I, I think this is a great time for this podcast. I think this will be very informative for everybody. Heck yeah. Have you ever tried a so, uh, side uh, side stabilizer? I have one and I have not even tried it. <laughs> Dude, for those challenges, those mountain challenges. Is it worth it? It's worth it. <laughs> the extra weight's worth <laughs> it there. So that's why I talk about buying a light bow to put the weight where you want it. Then that's, yeah. that's right where I'd put it. 
there's a lot of guys. So we're, we're, I'm going with a group of other guys, and and they all have it, and I I should put it on and start getting used to. It. I just I've never shot with it, and. and this is a horrible mentality, but I always think, okay, I want to shoot my bow how I'm going to shoot it when I'm hunting, and I'm probably not going to have that on, but maybe I should even have that on when I'm hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, well, I'll have to start trying it. Yeah, man. Well, uh, hey, I appreciate your time, man, and, and um, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. It's been a great time. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Appreciate your time as well. Hopefully, we can stay in touch, and uh, I'll ha- probably have you back on again if that's okay. I would I, love it. I'd love it. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. See ya. See ya. All right, guys, that's this week's episode of the podcast. If you haven't yet and you want to help out the podcast, there's multiple ways you can do it. We have a Patreon. I'll put that link down in the bio, but it's patreon.com forward slash onpointpodcast. Any amount, you know, always helps. It goes directly back into the podcast, whether that's for getting a booth, um, new mics, new gear, whatever it may be, it goes back into the podcast. And I really do, I really do appreciate it. It means a ton. And I feel like I've been really bad about promoting that lately. So um, whatever you feel that you want to do there, if you don't want to do that and you still want to help the podcast, you can give us your email. Just log on to the webpage, www.onpointpodcast.com. It'll give you a little pop-up for your email. You can just give it to us that there. Or you can give us a five-star review if you think we've earned it, five-star review on iTunes. If you ha- if you don't think we deserved it and I missed the mark somewhere, let me know. Leave a four-star review, three-star review, whatever you think I earned, but just let me know where I need to improve. Always happy to have constructive criticism. So outside of that, guys, appreciate you listening. Be sure to go check out the eHunter podcast. It's kind of a newer niche podcast. There's not a lot of like news-based hunting podcasts out there. So I'm kind of interested to see where they take that thing. And uh, definitely starting with a high production quality. It's very good audio and everything like that. And Taryn, the host, is doing a great job of interviewing his guests. So outside of that, guys, appreciate the time. And I will see you on the next one. Bye.